You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It is Tuesday, November 30th, and happy Sunny Dykes Day to you and to all who observe. Um, Sunny Dykes will be introduced at a press conference this morning uh, and will speak really for the first time to the TCU faithful. But on Monday night, um, the Frogs put on a pretty big show introducing Sonny to the crowd at the TCU Austin P basketball game. Um, flew him in on a helicopter uh, that touched down around midfield at Eamon Carter. Uh, the band was there. You know, he got out with his family, walked over. Um, Jeremiah Donati said a few words. Chancellor Boschini said a few words. Sonny uh, rang the frog horn and then went up and apparently met with the team um, yesterday evening. So exciting stuff. Uh, a really big kind of grand entrance. I was a little surprised they did this. I was happy about it. Um, I, I wasn't sure how they exactly go about introducing him. Uh, this is not a totally new tactic. A lot of coaches are introduced to basketball games like that, but I thought it was cool, kind of the pomp and circumstance that they brought with it. And it's just exciting, man. Like, change is exciting. I think even if you're not 100% on board with the hire, uh, the program has just kind of been in a rut lately. So having some new energy behind um, the team is, is just good. And speaking of new energy, uh, TCU already has a couple commits since the new staff took over. And Matt Jennings and myself, we discussed uh, on Monday the addition of Rashad Samples, um, running backs coach who was at SMU, now officially is at TCU. Uh, and Rashad's also big on the recruiting front. And uh, Brian Carrington, who was on the USC staff, back in the day was on the Texas staff. He's coming over, and he's really just in a, a totally recruiting role. Um, and those two guys have already started to get to work and, and laying the foundation for um, the next couple classes of TCU football. So the first commit last night was uh, a four-star wide receiver for the 2023 class, Cordell Russell from North Mesquite High School. And Cordell was a former SMU commit. You're going to see a lot of that over uh, the next few days. I, I think hopefully that's going to be the case. Um, and Russell is 6'2", 180 pounds. He's a four-star recruiting current, 247 sports, um, the number 26 wide receiver uh, in the state of Texas. Um, here's the the – for a scattering report on him, he has a muscular frame that will continue to grow and fill out. Good length and wingspan that he utilizes. Does a good job releasing off defensive backs and getting into his routes. He knows how to use his size to shield off defenders and his length and ball skills to make catches in traffic. Um, as a sophomore, he had 38 catches for 638 yards and six touchdowns and averaged 16 yards per catch. So a lot of potential there. Big frame, a lot of length. Um, someone's able to use his size to sort of shield off defenders and make plays. So Cordell Russell becomes the first uh, commit for the new staff. Again, it's a 2023 player, and he's currently the only player committed to the TCU Horn Frogs for the 2023 class. Now, more immediately, also last night, Jordan Hudson, wide receiver from Garland, who's also a four-star talent, 
according to 247 Sports. He committed to the Frogs for the 2022 class, so he will be um, on campus soon. And Jordan Hudson is uh, a really athletic, lean, uh, good wide receiver. Has average height and lengths. Um, you know, he's 6'1", 180, so not, not the eye-popping frame that you kind of see with Cordell Russell as far as size goes. Uh, but has done a really good job against some great competition in the DFW Metroplex. Um, Jordan Hudson was another young man who was committed to SMU. You know, Rashad Samples has a huge part in his recruitment. Um, he got a lot of those guys to the hilltop, and then most of them decommitted, and, and now their recruitment's open. So a couple four-star wide receivers on Monday night committing to CCU, and uh, I think we're going to see a lot of skill guys over the next few days, potentially committing to the Frogs. So one reason the Hudson commitment is big is his teammate, Chance Biddle, is a four-star safety um, who also plays at Garland. And those two guys have been linked really closely throughout the whole recruitment process. So you would think Jordan Hudson committing to TCU gives TCU a great chance at also getting Chance Biddle. Um, currently, the 2022 class has four commits, Jordan Hudson, Joseph Adire, Major Everhart, and A.J. Allen. Um, so the ranking is still really low. They're 10th in the big 12, 96 nationally. So we'll see how they can, you know, get that up in, in the next few weeks. Now there's not a lot of time. I mean, tomorrow's December 1st. The early signing day is December 15th. So you got two weeks before the early signing day, which has really become the new deadline in a lot of ways in college football. Um, it's, it's like February used to be. It's where most of the kids, honestly, get signed and um, get things in order and you have a lot of early enrollees now. So there's not a ton of time until that deadline comes around. Uh, obviously you can still fill out some more commitments in the, you know, two months after that, but uh, there's not as many players out there because a lot of them have already signed with the school of their choice. So um, it's going to be a busy few weeks, but I mean, I, I think that's why it's huge to have a staff that is very committed to recruiting, that that's something to hang their hat on um, because it's, it's going to be a mad dash to get some more guys in this class. And you're probably going to have to supplement some of this talent with the transfer portal, with uh, guys from the transfer portal um, on this cycle. And, I mean, that's that's fine. That's something you, you might just have to do for the 2022 class. Um, and hopefully you don't have to do that every single year. But the transfer portal's there. It's, it's something that Jeremiah Donati mentioned is, he wants this new coaching staff to understand how to use it. And they did a great job at SMU of using that. So, TCU football introducing Sunny Dykes today. Already have a couple of commits. I would expect more in the next few days. There's a lot of energy and excitement around the program right now. Coming up next, we'll talk about a current player who appears to be moving on. Maybe? We'll see what's going on there. That's coming up next on Locked on Horn Frogs. All right, segment two of Locked on Horn Frogs. If you hear some background noise today, I'm sorry. Uh, my five-month-old is refusing to sleep, so it's early in the morning, and if I leave the room, he just screams. So he's happy, but he's making noise. So I'm trying to avoid that, but, you know, this is just life as the father of three children, and I apologize for any potential distractions today. But let's talk about some TCU football. So... Uh, Zach Evans on Monday entered the transfer portal. 
This is not entirely surprising, I think, you know, based on how Zach wasn't available for the rest of the season after the West Virginia game. And listen, I mean, not to be unfair to him, honestly, we don't know what the injury was. It was reported that it was turf toe, um, and they were very close to the vest about how bad it was and, you know, why he was out. I know that can be a really nagging injury. So, um... I don't know how healthy he was in the, towards the end of the season. I just know he never got back on the field. And with the coaching staff change, all signs kind of point to um, him moving on. And Zach has been really great for TCU over the two years that he's been on campus. Like he's handled his business on the field, off the field. Uh, for someone who came in with a reputation of being a real difficult guy to deal with, um, He's been fantastic. He's been a great teammate. He's been all about TCU since he's been here. So if he decides, to, if he ultimately does decide to move on, I'm just going to wish him the best. Like, I think um, he did everything right while he was here. And he deserves an opportunity to go somewhere else if he wants to be on a contender. If he wants to be somewhere else where he gets more exposure, gets more opportunities for name, image, and likeness deals, whatever the case may be, good for Zach Evans. You know, over two seasons, he compiled... Um, 1,063 yards, had 648 yards this past year on 92 carries, had 415 yards on 54 carries, and had nine touchdowns over those two seasons. So good numbers, not exactly eye-popping numbers, but you look at his yards per carry, and for his career, it's 7.3. So, I mean, when he touched the ball, he was electric. And there were a couple games this year, and the Cal game is the game that comes to mind immediately, that TCU won that game because Zach Evans was the best player on the field. I mean, he had 190 yards. They played a terrible first half. They returned the ball over. Defense couldn't stop Cal. And Zach just sort of righted the ship and steadied everything and got them moving down the field with his ability to run the football. I mean, Texas Tech, like, Tech's not a terrible team. And you look back at that game, TCU won 52-31. At the time, it was like, okay, cool, you know, you'd be a bad Tech team. But they ended up with six wins. You know, they pushed some teams later in the season. And TCU just ran the ball on them at will. And a lot of that was Zach Evans. Kendra Miller also had a big night. But early in the game, Zach Evans was the guy that did this. Now, um, here's what. So, I want Zach Evans to stay at TCU, if that's a possibility. Because he is an outer-worldly talent. And we still haven't seen him healthy for a full year. We still haven't seen him with a full workload. So there's tons of potential for him to just be a dominant player. And I would love to see him stay one more season and take over and run for 2,000 yards and just have, you know, the type of year that people envisioned when it was announced he was coming on campus. I will also say this. Zach has not been available 100% of the time. And it's not his fault. I mean, if you're injured, you're injured. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Like, you can't do anything about that. But, I mean, it's a factor. Like, I, I used to work in sports radio with uh, a guy named Q, who's a great, he's in Vegas now, he's program director in Vegas. Great dude, really funny, really clever. And one thing he used to say all the time was, your best ability is availability. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's true. So, like, I want Zach on campus. I want Zach to be a TCU Hornfrog. But the reason I don't think it's the end of the world if he does decide to move on is just because he wasn't available all the time. And, and I don't know the reason for the second part. Like, I don't know if it's a coaching staff decision and with a new staff, it'll change. I would hope that would be the case. I don't know if this is just 
you know, kind of an individual decision, but we never saw him get more than 20 carries in the game. I mean, like, he just didn't tote the rock all the time. Like, he would frequently come out, you know, they'd be in a rhythm where he'd get two or three carries in a row, and he'd be off the field, or you would go a whole drive with him off the field. Um, and again, I don't know, like, I don't know behind the scenes why that was happening, but it was bizarre and it was a, a point of frustration for a lot of fans. Um, so maybe it was just that staff, maybe it was just the, the old staff, you know, kind of wanting to work him in slowly and make sure that he was good and not overwork him. But like, if he's, if he's on the team, I want to see him get the ball as much as possible. And I don't know if that was, you know, Zach taking himself out of the game at times because he was winded, which is fine. That's his choice. Like, he can do that. But I feel like we never really got to see Zach at full strength, at full speed, being a workhorse type running back. Um, so for that reason, you know, I, like, I want to see him here. But I think Kendra Miller is a good replacement. And then the depth of that running back room is a problem. Like we'll see what happens with the Markway Foster and he's ready to go immediately. I don't know what they're going to do with Monte Watkins who stepped in and played some running back for him at the end of the season when everybody was injured. He's originally a corner. So I don't know if he'll move over there. Um, but it's funny. Like last year, Gary was talking about the running back room being the best in the country and being the deepest in the country. And on paper, it made sense. You had Darwin Barlow, you had Zach Evans, you had Kendra Miller. Um, you have vets like Amari Di Mercado. You had a young guy like Demarco Foster, and now, now at the end of the year, you're potentially if Zach leaves, you're down to Kendra and Demarco Foster if he's healthy, and then Amante Watkins. So it's just funny how your roster can turn over like that in one year. Now, one thing to watch: last night, Rashad Samples, new running backs coach, tweeted a uh, thing. He just tweeted this. It's very simple. He tweeted the fingers crossed emoji and then tagged Zach Evans in it. And Zach retweeted it. And a lot of people freaked out. Now, I mean, <laughs> Coach Samples is a great recruiter. I don't know if he's how involved he'll be in recruiting somebody like that on his own team. I would think he'd be very involved. You know, as a running backs coach, he wants a five-star talent on his roster. He wants Zach Evans on his roster. So maybe the door's open there. I don't know. I'm not positive. That's an optimistic view. Maybe there's a, a slight crack where the door's open there and they can get him back. And if they do, I think that's a big win for TCU. But I would just say I want to see Zach at full strength. I want to see Zach at full speed. I want to see him in a role where he's featured as a workhorse back. Because we haven't seen that so far in his career. And it's really unfortunate if, you know, he ended up here for three years and we never got to see that really flourish and happen. And develop, but right now he's in the transfer portal, and I'm sure he's going to have a ton of options. So that'll be something to monitor in the coming weeks and months. One more note I wanted to say about the transfer portal: there's a lot of guys that went in. Spencer Rattler went in the transfer portal uh, yesterday, and Spencer got benched at Oklahoma. He really struggled. Um, I don't know if TCU had any interest there, but I just think that's a name to watch. I'm not sure what his what his interest level is going to be. I think the quarterback position is wide open right now, so we'll see. But he also entered uh, yesterday. When we come back, we'll uh, briefly talk about TC basketball last night and wrap things up. It's Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, final segment here and final thing on Locked on Horn Frogs uh, this afternoon, evening, whenever it is that you're tuning in. 
TCU beats Austin P 68 to 51 um, on Monday night. And I, I think a couple encouraging things from this game. One, it's the first time they've really dominated someone in a while. Even these home games against non-conference opponents that are, uh, that you're expected to beat. TCU hasn't played great, but they played well on Monday. Still not shooting the ball particularly well. 39% from the field, 23% from three. It was a very sloppy second half, especially the last 10 minutes. But uh, Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin led the way with 12 points apiece. And Eddie Lampkin, too, I want to focus on. He had 12 points and 12 boards. He was 4 of 8 from the field. Um, and he just brought a lot of energy to the floor on Monday. He was diving on the ground, getting loose balls, running really hard up and down the court. Uh, he cut a lot of weight. He's down to 275. He was in, you know, the 330 range as a freshman. Um, and you can just tell he's brought a, a bunch of energy and effort to the floor. And that's something they need. They got good big man minutes from him and Xavier Cork and um, Dumbaya, the Juco transfer. So encouraging win for the TCU men. They defeat Austin P 68-51. Nice game from Eddie Lampkin. Pretty consistent, steady game from Mike Miles. And uh, they get another victory. So encouraging stuff there. We'll have plenty of coverage tomorrow of Sonny Dyke's introductory press conference as well as uh, much more. This is Locked on Horned Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.